0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another unusual Zoom week of the Come To Him podcast. If you're watching, we're on Zoom. If you're listening, it might sound a little different because I'm on a computer and GJ's there on the soundboard with the microphone. So it's unusual for GJ to sound better than me, but he might today. So Yeah. Uh
1: well, yeah, that might happen. We'll have to uh <laughs> we'll have to see. It's I I don't think it's unusual though. <laughs>
0: I was wondering if you were going to catch that. I
1: can't, so I can't use the word unusual without thinking of um, the Carlton dance.
0: No, <laughs> I'm not going to
1: sing it. But you all know, not is it is the song called Tom Jones? It's not unusual. Is that what the song's I, called? I would assume so. Anyway, you all know what I'm talking about if you've seen Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jonathan's doing <laughs> the dance. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not a dancer. I'm not a singer. Um, but you know, you're still in quarantine. And, uh, I think you still got a, I don't know, a few more days of that. I was thinking last week, you know how I'm like kind of notorious for my dad jokes. Yes. So I was trying to think of a joke last week that had something to do with teenagers in quarantine, like quarantine, like T E E N. I couldn't think of a good joke.
0: You said one yesterday in your welcome that ariel looked at me and just like said he needs help but i don't remember what it was
1: <laughs> was it about the masks about smiling with yeah. the mask
0: yeah about squinting at each other yeah
1: well that was so the video was funny i thought it was funny uh maybe my explanation just wasn't funny so if yeah you, i don't
0: know did you get any labs did you get any squints
1: uh the first service yes the second service on
0: house you got none
1: second service kind of like went downhill a little bit first service yeah, I got some. But, you know, part of the deal, I think at this point, there's sympathy laughs a lot of times for my dad yeah. jokes, uh, or people just like the fact that I think my own jokes are funny, and so they laugh at me laughing at my jokes. I don't know. Uh, but Once the,
0: again, um, I'm recording from my laptop, and so there's somebody messaging me right now. So if you hear a little ding, that, I apologize. Yeah, he just... I can't mute my laptop because then I wouldn't be able to hear G.J., and so yeah. I'm sorry. Well,
1: so... I got to tell the joke now that I told, or at least try to explain it. So I saw a video online that was talking about smiling during quarantine or smiling during COVID. And, um, with a mask on the only real way you can smile at people is if you like show in your eyes that you're smiling and obviously you kind of squint when you do that. And then the video said smiling after COVID and somebody had gotten so used to doing that, that all they did was squint at people. And so I was just kind of talking about how, you know after all this is over and the folks uh in the church are looking at me and smiling they'll just be squinting and I'll know what they mean and that was kind of I said it in more of a joke at uh at the service rather than how I just did on the explanation maybe I didn't maybe that's why it bombed i don't know
0: <laughs> but, maybe uh, well, it, it was ju- it came off just as good on the podcast as it did from the point Yeah
1: that. yeah uh i think we have I need to implement. We always talk about implementing the sound effects. Uh, yeah, like the crickets. You know, maybe we could implement that. Or like, if my jokes bomb,
0: yeah. that would be a, that'd so be a hot So
1: let's go back and do that. Um, so after after COVID's over, when people smile, they are just going to be squinting instead of smiling. <laughs>
0: See, <laughs> uh, well, see
1: the the trombone actually makes it laughable at that point, and uh, uh, yeah, and I feel so better about myself.
0: You're not a good singer. Um,
1: I'm not good at a lot of things. That's one okay, of well, one of many.
0: When you preach, you have the little wireless mic, and are you ever nervous? Because when I preach, I am. That when we're singing the hymns before you go up to preach or after. Yeah, I know that what you're your going to say. Gonna be yeah,
1: yeah. I check my mic at least. Probably four times before I get up to preach to make sure it's not still on. Uh, My biggest fear is, so I'm not, like most of the time they mute it in the sanctuary. My Mm -hmm. biggest fear is that it will be muted in the sanctuary. I'll assume it's off, but online or on the radio, it'll still be on. And I'll be (laughs) giving them basically a solo um, during that time. So yeah, no, I, I check it multiple times just to be sure. Um, I
0: I was at, I was working at another church, uh, probably a couple years ago, maybe three or four. I don't remember, but, um, and this is really bad. His mic was hot when someone came down for time of commitment to talk to him and he just uh, their whole conversation, the whole congregation heard it.
1: Oh yeah. That's bad. Well, I know a pastor (laughs) who, uh, had his mic hot when he went to the bathroom, like it was either (laughs) right after the service or I think it was right before the service. And he didn't know, and you could hear the flush over top of the speakers, and he came out and everybody knew he'd come to the bathroom that would be horrible <laughs> oh that's
0: terrible yeah <laughs> is. that's a worry of mine that I have the mic hot. I...
1: yeah you I don't it, I have to check it so many times because you're still paranoid no matter how much you check it hey uh did you watch the astronauts land yesterday? uh yeah, I did that was pretty legit speaking yeah. of um being paranoid. I was worried for them coming down. Uh, I don't know. It was, I get excited. Like my adrenaline gets going with anything like that. That you're just like, man, I feel like so much danger right now, and I'm not even involved. YouTube had
0: a thing where you could just watch the whole thing just live. And it was pretty cool. What do you mean? You could just watch it on YouTube.
1: Well, that's what I was doing.
0: Oh, no, no, but, like, did you, like, what, but, like, there was, like, no commentators or anything. Oh, no, 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 I didn't see that. Dude,
1: did you see, so, one of the big things they were talking about, I listened to the press conference afterwards. uh, Apparently, they landed not too far off the coast, uh, there off the Florida coast in the Gulf. Mm -hmm. And after they landed, they had an issue where the Coast Guard, I guess, had trouble keeping people back, and they had boats everywhere, like people who were waiting for them to land. And then after they landed, the boats came in on them like to get a closer look. And so there was a, a particular view and I I just assumed it was um, the boats there to help. Um, mm-hmm. But afterwards in the press conference, they were talking about it. I bet there were probably in the view of the camera, I don't know, probably 12, 15 boats. And it was like just people wanting to see that were coming in and I thought they were so close. I thought they were there to help with and kind of surround the, the pod or whatever it was. Um,
0: they were just citizens.
1: Yeah. Just onlookers. Hmm. But they were talking about how next time they've got to make sure to keep them back because, you know, obviously there's danger with their, uh, with that. They were talking about how there were toxic fumes around it and they have to wait for that to dissipate, to come close and that kind of thing. Um, anyway i thought that was pretty crazy though could you imagine uh being on a boat like you know whatever kind of boat and just watching this thing drop in the water and then speeding up to it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i would feel so weird and and kind of scared yeah. to do that i don't know some people are more risk well, takers.
0: let's uh let's hop into your sermon last week Is is next week your last one on this on the model prayer yep i thought so Yep. We've kind so of this is second to the last week it. we were in matthew 6 we just read verse 12 correct that's what i have
1: yeah that's what we did yesterday
0: okay right. and so um let me read the verse right fast let me get my bible
1: yeah read it i messed it up yesterday trying to quote it <laughs> <laughs>
0: there, there was there was some funny times there yesterday's sermon that you were if you've never seen our sermons, there's like a stage in front of the pulpit and GJ was just hanging out there and he was trying to say something. He said, I just forget it and ran back to the pulpit and got his Bible. It's kind of funny.
1: (laughs) Well, what happened was I was trying to quote it and I had read it and memorized it as well uh, in other translations. And so when you try to say it in one translation, but then you have like two or three translations influencing how you're trying to say it, I just was getting it all backwards. So (laughs) <laughs> anyway, was it, it
0: was a funny moment during the sermon. And so Matthew 6, uh, verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And the points that G.J. came to uh, from that uh, verse is, Number one, our sins cause insurmountable spiritual debt. God is willing to forgive our debts, and those who seek forgiveness from God must also forgive others.
1: Yeah, and uh, so obviously, let me kind of explain how we got there. So our debt we talked about how the debt was related to sin. Uh, we see that in a few different places. Verse 14, uh, which is in context, speaking back to this verse, it says, for if you forgive others their offenses. Offenses uh, has also been translated as trespasses. That's where uh, the King James Version gets um, forgive us our trespasses. Uh, Luke in his version of the model prayer actually says, forgive us our sins. So we're talking about, even though this word here in Matthew 12 is a literal debt and it kind of has a connotation uh, with a financial debt uh, of some degree, um, we're talking about debt for sin. And so our sin creates insurmountable spiritual debt. It's so much debt that we'll never be able to pay it back. And that's why uh, it's deserving of um, spiritual death in an eternal uh, punishment. Uh, and were you gonna say something? Nope, go oh, ahead. okay. Uh, and then the second part, obviously God's willing to forgive, uh, forgive us our debts, the fact that we can go to God and ask for forgiveness. But I want to make sure I explain this on the podcast in case you didn't hear me uh, talk about this. Um, this prayer is not a prayer of salvation a couple of reasons or two or three reasons. We know that first of all, big reason is we know that ultimate true forgiveness from God, uh, for salvation, reconciliation with him comes through, uh, repentance and faith in Jesus. It's nothing to do with just asking God to forgive us. That's part of it, but, uh, grace alone through faith alone in Jesus, death and resurrection. Uh, secondly, we know that this isn't a prayer for salvation because Jesus in the beginning says we can pray in this way, our father. And obviously these are, uh, those who have a relationship with God, but also in verse 11, we see, give us today our daily bread. The assumption kind of like this is going to be a daily type of prayer. And obviously we don't have to pray to be saved every day. And so this idea of forgiveness is more about, yes, we can go to God and ask for forgiveness. This is a, uh, repentance, um, or kind of like going to God and showing our side of the commitment that we've made to him to follow him and saying, God, I know I messed up. Please forgive me. And we know that he will. He's faithful to forgive us when we go to him asking for forgiveness. Um, so that's where that came from. It's, a, it's an idea of repenting as followers, as believers. We're to do that daily, um, go to God and confess our sins and, and uh, ask for that forgiveness. Um, but then lastly, it says, as we also have forgiven our debtors, And we talked about how uh, in that, that word as could also be translated as like or in the same way. Uh, So forgive us in the same way we've forgiven our debtors. Um, And also that comes from verses 14 and 15 where Jesus goes to clarify this and says, if you forgive others, your father will forgive you. If you don't forgive others, your father won't forgive you. We pulled in uh, the parable from Matthew 18 of the unforgiving servant. Uh, who was forgiven much, but then as you know, as he went out, he didn't forgive somebody else of a little. And so uh, basically the father was like, okay, now you're not going to be forgiven. Um, and so we see that uh, in this, when Jesus is talking about uh, this model prayer, he's talking about hypocrisy all throughout this uh, Matthew 5 and 6. And so we can say that it's hypocritical to expect God to forgive us any more than we forgive others. And so if we expect mercy from God, we have to give mercy from to other people, uh, as believers. And so that's where those three ideas came from.
0: Okay. Um, one question I had during your sermon and I had this because, uh, some, uh, a student has actually asked me this before. Um, and so why is person to person accountability so important if our ultimate spiritual debt is to God?
1: So you're talking about like um when the Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another, is that what yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, um so when you talk about confessing your sins to one another versus going to God and asking him to forgive us our sins, um I think there we need to make sure like the terms that we understand the two terms differently forgiveness uh seeking forgiveness does involve confession, but confession alone doesn't involve necessarily seeking forgiveness. And so what I mean by that is like, if, if I confess my sin to you, I'm telling you what I've done. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm just like revealing this to you. And the idea of confession of sin to one another is so we can hold one another accountable and help each other work through, um, the sin that we struggle with. Uh, as iron sharpens iron, we're to sharpen one another, we're to bear one another's burdens, and help uh, move one another along in, in, in sanctification. Um, when it comes to forgiveness, we know that we go to God and ask for forgiveness. To do that, yes, we have to confess our sins to God. Obviously, he knows them anyway, but there's a part of that that just is a humbling of ourselves to say, God, I've done this, and I understand, and view this sin how you view it. Uh, and so we confess it and say, God, please forgive me of this. When we've sinned, we've sinned primarily against God. And I think uh, we may get into this in just a few minutes, but uh, there are occasions, obviously, that we sin against one another. But our sin is primarily against God because he's the one who set the standard. He's the one who said this is what's expected. So when we confess our sin to one another, uh, we're not going to say, let's say that, um, I don't know, let's say our sin is... I'm just trying to think of a, a kind of a private sin that we would normally... Let's say that we've had evil thoughts, whatever that is. Um, when I come to confess that to you, I'm not saying, Jonathan, I've had evil thoughts. Please forgive me for that. Like, Because you don't need to forgive me for that because I had not sinned against you. But whenever I go to God and confess it, uh, I do say forgive me from that. Now, I say all that to say this. Some... Uh, religions, or, or uh, I hesitate to use denominations. Uh, some, and in particular, we all know, I, I think Catholics have kind of made this a thing uh, where you go to confessional and um, confess your sins to a priest and ask for forgiveness from the priest. But scripture teaches the idea of what we call priesthood of all believers, meaning that we don't have to go through an individual to get to God. We can go directly to God ourselves, and that is because the Holy Spirit dwells within each one of us. And so because of that, I can go to God and say, God, forgive me. I don't have to go through Jonathan or through a pastor or whoever and say, can you pray to God uh, for the, for him to forgive me? Um, and so anyway, I think that's the di- difference between confession and forgiveness. Uh, they're both yeah, important.
0: Yeah, and I think they're, oh, sorry. No, I, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I do think there's still, and like you said, there's a repentance of sin with God, but there is an importance to confessing confessing your sins to one another like we're instructed. And I think one of those reasons is, like you said, so others can build you up. Others can help you um, with that sin. You're not asking them for forgiveness. You're really asking them to kind of help you along. but also one big one, I think, um, and I've, all, I, I've taught some students this, and, and I really had to teach myself this, is when we confess our sins to one another, it's one thing to, um, to repent of our sins from God and, and to think that, right? But it's another to say it out loud with your mouth. And when you confess your sins to one another, sometimes those sins become real to you, and then the repentance can be real. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you say, Hey, I really struggle with evil thoughts and that actually comes out of your mouth physically, then you, then you think, man, I really do struggle with this. I do need to repent to God, not, not repent to my brothers and sisters, but I really do my, and, and the repentance almost becomes more sincere once you've confessed to others. Um, because it's sincere in your mind and in your heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're called to do both. Um, but that confession of one to one another really helps us grow. Um, but yeah, that's an important thing. And we have to make sure we do both. And, um, especially when it comes to asking God forgive for forgiveness, that that's very crucial.
0: So the next two questions are going to deal kind of with us, um, forgiving other people and what we should do, how we should forgive that sort of thing. Um, sometimes our sin like our personal sins indirectly hurt other people, such as gossip or attitudes, like you said, evil thoughts. Do you think once we ask God for forgiveness, we should then ask those people who we've hurt for forgiveness as well? For example, like, hey, and and they may not ever know. And so, for example, if I've um, maybe gossiped about you, but you don't even have a clue about that. Once I've asked God for forgiveness, should I then go and ask that person to forgive me?
1: So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit difficult to provide a general answer that will cover all bases for this. I think that, uh, obviously, first, we have to remember we've primarily sinned against God. We do know that in Scripture that we are to seek forgiveness and reconciliation with one another when there's issues between us. Um, So you kind of have to look at the situation and ask yourself, have I done something that has broken a relationship or hurt a relationship or could potentially hurt someone else uh, in the process, even if they don't know about it? So you mentioned gossip, for example. Um, if you, let's say, heard gossip about somebody from someone, just say maybe you meant to, maybe you didn't mean to, whatever, but you've gotten some kind of information about someone but you didn't repeat it. You kept it to yourself. I'm just using an example. I think that at that point, you know, you maybe if you found yourself in the middle of sin where you were like listening to gossip and like, you know, your, your heart is always wanting to hear some kind of gossip just to have the latest news. That's something, that's a problem that you're, you should take to God if I heard, let's say, some gossip about you, and then I repeated it to someone else, even if you didn't know that I did that, I've effectively probably tarnished your reputation. Um, And that might be something that I need to confess and ask your forgiveness for. I think, again, a very general statement uh, is difficult to make because so many circumstances can go around this. But I think that If you have sinned against somebody else, and you have to ask in your heart, have I I sinned against this person, Uh, then you need to seek out forgiveness. If your sin is more of a private sin that's between you and God, uh, then you need to seek that forgiveness just from God. Uh, And sometimes we can actually hurt other people more in the process um, if we haven't sinned against them and then go to them and say, hey, I've done this. I'll give an extreme example. Let's say that I'm like really ticked off at you. I'm just like, man, I'd love to punch him in the face so bad. Um, But I'm just thinking that. uh, Obviously I need to confess that to God and say, God help my heart. And I could come to you maybe at some point and say, man, you might've thought that I've been cold recently to you or maybe acting in a way that I shouldn't. and, and, you know how i'm talking to you or whatever and just say man i just want to apologize i've kind of had a bad attitude a bad spirit i don't necessarily have to come to you and say man i i've wanted to punch you in the face like for a few days and uh you know so you you kind of have to again this is uh what i would say is kind of a gray area i believe in scripture well because then i might think
0: think, well gj i didn't know you wanted to punch me in the face but now i'm going to be walking you know, on, on my toes all day thinking, Oh man, don't want to make GJ mad. He won't punch me in the face. Yeah.
1: But I think that there, again, there's a right way to go about it because I think that I could come to you and you would appreciate the fact that even if you had no idea, I was holding a grudge. If I just said, man, I've just been harboring like some, some bad attitude and just a bad spirit. And I just want to apologize for for that. I think either way, you would appreciate that. And that would be, even if you didn't know there was an issue, I think that would be relationship building and helping build reconciliation rather than putting a rift somewhere that maybe you didn't feel that there was a rift. And so, again, this is a tough question to think through because I don't think there's just one answer for this. I think it's dependent on the situation. It's really something that, truth be told, um, that I would encourage people, obviously, to seek God's word in the circumstance pray through it and then to seek godly counsel and say, is this something that I should talk to talk to this person about and let them know? Um, you know and, and again, I, I hesitate like I said to even throw out a general answer to that other than those ideas and thoughts what are what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard too to throw out a general answer because I think a lot of times we do have to be in touch with um, our spirit. And know, hey, look, if I'm really grieving and I really feel that I should apologize to this person, and then me and GJ say, well, no, not necessarily don't have to, then we're telling you to go against your conscience. So it is kind of hard. Yeah, I mean,
1: if you feel like, I think, you know, the closer you are to the Lord, the more the spirit, you know, reveals and convicts you of things. If you've gone to the Lord and said, God, forgive me, especially if there's like this nagging in your spirit, in your heart, like. Forgiveness isn't really complete until I seek out forgiveness from this person. You need to listen to that. And even if you don't have that, again, I would encourage you to go to Scripture, go to prayer, go to godly counsel and say, do I need to seek out forgiveness from this person? Um, Even if you feel like, well, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. So on the surface, like I said, there probably are some circumstances where that isn't necessarily required or the way you go about it. Uh, You might be careful how you word it and those kind of things. But overall, I think our spirit, uh, overall, our attitude should be, hey, we're looking to build relationships and reconcile with people as much as possible.
0: That leads me to my next one. So let's say you're in the you're on the other side where someone has hurt you but yet they're not seeking forgiveness. Should we still forgive that person? How should we, A, I think we all should would say yes, but how do we do that? Why do we do that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you think about, um, if you think about what Jesus, and I was just going to go back to Matthew 18 here, when Jesus taught on that parable about the unforgiving uh, slave, then it started out by Peter asking him, how many times do I have to forgive somebody if if someone sins against me? And Jesus says, you know, depending on the translation you have, it'll probably say 70 times seven or 77 times. Basically, he's saying, you know, a large number, like you keep forgiving people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes after that teaching in Matthew 18 of restoring a brother. If your brother sins against you, uh, and you try to resolve it privately, if not take one or two people with you. And then if not present it before the church, kind of that thing, again, the idea is forgiveness and reconciliation. So if somebody, even if somebody hasn't sought out that forgiveness, I think when we see in God's word, when Jesus says, um, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, Obviously, those people are not seeking forgiveness, but you have—you can't really love someone or pray for someone truly if you haven't forgiven them um, because you'll just be harboring that bitterness and anger, grudge, whatever. Um, and so I think to do that, you have to show forgiveness. And so sometimes that's just done between you and God. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't necessarily think you have to go to that person and be like, hey, even though you haven't asked for my forgiveness, I forgive you because you know, I think that we all can think of how conversations like that would play out. If the person is not repentant of what they've done, they're just going to get even more ticked off at you for acting like that. Uh, So I think sometimes just out of our own humility, our own concern and love for other people, we just keep that between us and God and we just let it go. And we pray for that person. I think part of the prayer is we pray for that person to be for their sin to be revealed in their lives, for them to be convicted of what they've done. Um, Mm. I think we would be wrong to not pray that.
0: I think you you said it good or well at the end. You said it's between us and God, and it is. Forgiveness is between, uh, it's a you thing. It's a me thing, right? Uh, When when I think about forgiving someone, it should all be from my attitude, regardless of their attitude. Um, And and that's hard, That because sometimes if the other person's attitude is that of, um, uh, not, uh, of any remorse or that they're not sorry or apologetic that can make maybe the process a little bit more difficult for me, but ultimately forgiveness, you forgiving somebody is all about you regardless of what they do. Um, and when you think about that, um, because some people do, some people just the A may never, uh, show remorse. They may never be apologetic, or you may have someone in your life that, that does just, um, if maybe you have a parent or a child who is constantly messing up or, or hurting you. Um, and, and if you're, if your forgiveness just fluctuated by how they act, you would never have a spirit of forgiveness. Um, and so it is, it's a, you thing. It, it's a personal thing, regardless of other people's actions. Um, yeah, if you, at, well, if you
1: look at well, if you look at First Corinthians thirteen, how it describes love. Love is patient, love is kind. All these kind of things. Um, it's difficult. You can see quickly. It's really difficult um, to have love for someone because in that it says love keeps no records of wrongs, and so to truly love someone, you have to be forgiving. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we are called. It, the fact is, we are called. To forgive one another, um, and what's cool about that, and I talk through that passage a lot of times. Like whenever I'm um, uh, speaking to couples who are getting ready to get married and those kind of things, First Corinthians thirteen. I'll just, um, I'll just read it here. Love, uh, beginning of verse four. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not boastful. Is not arrogant. Is not rude. Is not self-seeking. Is not irritable. And does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Uh, One of the things that I really think is cool about this passage is we have this idea of what love is, and we're like, okay, this is what we've got to pursue. And obviously, we know that on our own flesh, we can't pursue that. I mean, the idea of keeping no records of wrongs um that is a very extreme type of love that many of us uh just long to pursue or long to be able to do that but when you see this description of love and we know that God is love that means God is all these things God is patient he is kind he doesn't envy he's not boastful not arrogant not rude not self-seeking not irritable he keeps no record of wrongs he finds no joy in unrighteousness but rejoices in the truth um and uh it's just kind of cool to think about how all of these things that are displayed through love in our lives including forgiveness those things are god's character and that is why we're called to display those things as well um so yeah if we really want to love people we have to forgive them well said because god does that for us
0: i agree um we'll have one more week on the model prayer next week uh looking forward to it and so, uh, next week we'll be in the same room doing the podcast, still six feet apart, but, uh, we, we will. In
1: the same room. Oh yeah. We'll be in the same room. I thought you meant like in this, in the same setup. I thought, yeah. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. I'll be it'll over be, there. Yeah. It'll be, DJ. we'll DJ be in the same here with
1: screen. We'll be in the, <laughs> we're in side by side screens. If you're watching, it'll yeah, probably be, just make a little bit of difference in the audio. Uh, I think that, I'll still sound better, uh, than you will as, as usual, you know,
0: uh, <laughs> hey, can we make a cool edit right fast? I'm just going to hop over on the screen and then next week you can show me hopping in.
1: Oh yeah. That'll be, that'll be about as uh, corny as my jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. We will see you guys next week. This has been a presentation of come to him ministries. We thank you for listening and hope you have been blessed. Come to Him is the
1: teaching and preaching ministry of G.J. Farmer. For more resources that will help strengthen your faith, visit cometohim.org.